fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. And today we are setting the table with pickles. I share two recipes from the late great Minnie Pearl from her cookbook, Minnie Pearl Cooks, curry pickles and mustard pickles. And Fred Saussman shares an overnight pickle recipe adapted from the recipe book, co-written by Jack Daniels, great great grand niece, Lynn Tolley and recorded from the Appalachian Food Summit in 2016, Elizabeth Sims and Robert Geip. And Elizabeth shares a story about who John Edgerton was, and Robert shares a really funny story about working in a pickle factory. Thank you so much for your good company today. I really do appreciate you tuning in. Well, let's talk about pickles. Let's first hear these two pickle recipes, as mentioned by the way of the late, great Minnie Pearl. These come from her cookbook that was published in 1970, Minnie Pearl Cooks. It's full of really useful and southern-inspired recipes, and you can find used copies of this paperback fairly easily. And I would not know about this cookbook had it not been for Josh Lowens, a farmer and wooden spoon maker and forager here in East Tennessee. He grew up in Kodak, and this cookbook is a staple of his family's kitchen. I'm featuring these recipes first thing in the show in the hopes that you might hear them and want to turn that steering wheel around and find that farmer's market that's closest to you today. And in these old hot tail-end days of summer, with our cucumbers and okra still going, we could still get some pickles done. That's my hope anyhow. So here's Minnie Pearl's recipe for curry pickles. Here's the equipment that you're going to need. Four pint jars, a pot that will hold at least six quarts of boiling liquid, a hot water bath canner with a wire basket to hold your jars, a handheld jar lifter, an air bubble wand, and a magnetic wand for lifting those hot lids out of the hot water. You'll want brand new and clean canning lids, 
a drying rack that you place away from drafts and cool breezes, and several clean kitchen towels. To get prepped, wash your jars and your lids in good hot soapy water or run your jars through the dishwasher. And boil your jars for a minimum of 10 minutes in your water bath canner and keep those jars in that hot water on simmer until you need to use them. I get a small saucepan out and I fill it half full of water and bring it to a boil and I place my lids in that water and of course that's after I've washed my lids and keep them in this hot water until you need to use them. And I've read that you don't need to do this step but I'm just sort of stuck in the old ways so do as you like on that step. Here's the groceries that you'll need. Two and one half pounds of four to five inch pickling cucumbers, one cup of sugar, two tablespoons of salt. Don't use iodized salt because it'll make things get brown. Two tablespoons mustard seed, two tablespoons curry powder, one and one half teaspoons of celery seed, one and two thirds cup of white vinegar, and one cup of water. And here are the directions. Wash cucumbers thoroughly and be sure to cut off both ends of the cucumber where the bacteria can remain. Cut them into chunks. Combine sugar and remaining ingredients, everything except your cucumbers. Heat to boiling. Add cucumbers. Heat just to boiling point and simmer while quickly packing one hot sterilized jar at a time. Fill within 1 8 inch from the top making sure vinegar solution covers the cucumbers. Get your clean kitchen towel and dip it in your boiling water and make sure to go around the top of your jar that you've just filled to remove any kind of syrup. Place your hot lid on that jar and when you put your bands down on your jar just tighten to kind of finger tighten. Don't over tighten or under tighten but just fingertip tighten. Process in boiling water for 10 minutes and it makes four pints. And here's a note from me that I'm adding on here. I always consult the Ball Blue book for correct times and safe canning instructions. And now, here is Minnie Pearl's recipe for mustard pickles. Here's the groceries you're going to need. Two quarts of medium-sized cucumbers, one quart of green tomatoes, one large cauliflower, two sweet red peppers, one quart pickling onions, one cup of salt, three quarts water, six tablespoons dry mustard, one tablespoon turmeric, one cup all-purpose flour, three-fourths cup water, two cups sugar, two quarts vinegar, two tablespoons celery seed, one tablespoon of black peppercorns, and here are the directions. Wash and drain the vegetables. Cut cucumbers to one half inch cubes, tomatoes into wedges, and cauliflower into small flowerettes. Remove the seed from the peppers, cut into small pieces. Peel onions, cut in half. Dissolve salt in three quarts of water and pour that over the vegetables. Let this salt vegetable thing stand for 12 hours in the refrigerator. Rinse and drain. Combine the dry mustard, turmeric, and flour and gradually add three-fourths cup of water stirring until smooth. 
Add sugar, vinegar, and celery seed and peppercorns and cook all this over medium heat until the sauce coats a spoon. Add the vegetables and simmer for 15 minutes. Pack boiling hot into hot sterilized jars, leaving one-fourth inch of headspace. Seal and process 10 minutes in your boiling water bath and it makes 12 pints. And again, I would consult that Ball Blue book for proper canning times and safe food handling instructions. And as always, I've typed these recipes and placed them on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. And also, if you'd like to get in touch with me directly, there's an email thing on my website, and I'm real active on Instagram under the handle Tennessee Farm Table. If you reach out to me through the radio stations where my show is broadcast, I'm likely to not know, and I always like to hear from you. Now let's hear from our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City, Tennessee. Fred is a senior writer and associate professor of Appalachian Studies at East Tennessee State University. And Fred is also the news director at WETSFM in Johnson City. We've been making overnight pickles for over 25 years. There's no canning involved, and you can start enjoying these quickly prepared cucumbers within hours. The recipe is adapted from Jack Daniels' The Spirit of Tennessee Cookbook, published in 1988, and written by Pat Mitchamore and Lynn Tolley. Lynn is the great-grandniece of the famed whiskey maker Jack Daniel. She is his closest surviving relative. Not only does Lynn Tolley know Tennessee whiskey, she knows a whole lot about food, with a degree in home economics and nutrition from the University of Georgia. To make these overnight pickles, peel and slice about six medium cucumbers and two small onions. In a saucepan, combine the following ingredients. A quarter cup of sugar, one cup of apple cider vinegar or white vinegar, one teaspoon of dill seed, one teaspoon of mustard seed, one teaspoon of celery seed, one tablespoon of salt, and one-half teaspoon of cream of tartar. You bring that mixture to a boil and boil it for about one minute. Then pour it over the cucumbers and onions. Pour everything into a non-reactive bowl or jar, cover it, and marinate in the refrigerator overnight. These overnight pickles will be ready to eat the next day. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we are setting the table with pickles. Next up, we'll hear from two people who helped to feature the best of the South in Appalachia, Elizabeth Sims and Robert Guype. This recording was made in 2016 at the Loyal Jones Appalachian Center in Berea, Kentucky. It was a gathering of people involved with Appalachian food, and the name of the event was the Appalachian Food Summit. The first evening of this multi-day event was the first ever John C. Edgerton Cornbread Convocation. And before Elizabeth and Robert spoke, we all had shared a meal of soup beans and cornbread, prepared by Chefs Ed Lee and Travis Milton. 
And before we hear from them, I wanted to take a minute to describe to you the work that they're both engaged in and the positive impact that they have on this world and how they spotlight the best of Appalachia. Elizabeth Sims is a communications professional with a background in strategic marketing, brand management, advertising, public relations, journalism, and published writing. And she began her own communications company in 2009, following her role as vice president of marketing communications for the Biltmore Company in Asheville, North Carolina. And she's also the former president of the Southern Foodways Alliance. She wrote a really interesting story about the funeral for B.B. King that she held with in The Bitter Southerner, and you can find that on her website. Uh, She's just such a neat lady. Robert Geip won the 2015 Weatherford Award for Outstanding Appalachian Novel for his first novel, Trampoline. His second novel, Weed Eater, was published in 2018, and his third, Pop, was published in 2021. Guype directed the Southeast Kentucky Community and Technical College Appalachian Program in Harlan. He is producer of Higher Ground Community Performance Series and has directed the Southeast Kentucky Revitalization Project, which trains workers in fields related to creative placemaking, coordinated the Great Mountain Mural Megafest, co-produces the Hurricane Gap Community Theater Institute, and advises on its Good to be Young in the Mountains, a youth-driven conference. Guype formerly worked at Apple Shop, an art center in Whitesburg, Kentucky, and Guype resides in Harlan County, Kentucky. He grew up in Kingsport, Tennessee. And as always, I place links to all my guests on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. That's the first page that will appear. And again, none of these people pay me to mention them. So let's hear Elizabeth Sims tell us who John Edgerton was and Robert Guype share his story about working in a pickle factory. Well, John was born in 1935, and he grew up in Kentucky. He was a fierce activist for social justice and a powerful and prolific writer. In 1999, it was his vision that created the Southern Foodways Alliance, another organization that works to explore the South's diversity through the lens of food. In fact, the Appalachian Food Summit received the Southern Foodways Alliance's John Edgerton Prize last year, and we're using some of those resources tonight to pay it forward. John's book, Speak Now Against the Day, is considered one of the most important books about the decade before the Civil Rights Act. It won the Robert F. Kennedy Book Award. His book, Southern Food, At Home, On the Road, in History, published in 1987, is the first book to view food from the region and its foodways and traditions as an act of communion, congregation, and shared conversation, a means to get people together around the table to talk about things. So it was John's sneaky way of doing something about the social injustice and racial tension around him. And John was sneaky. (laughs) He's a close talker, and he was very sneaky. So when, when Katrina devastated New Orleans, he decided to sell bread and butter pickles, which he called SOS Sharpies, for $10 a jar to rebuild the city's restaurant. Our friend and John's good friend, Lola's Eli, 
a former writer for the New Orleans Times-Picayune and originator of the HBO series Treme, said, how much money are you going to raise with a damn pickle? <laughs> so upon John's death, Kim Severson wrote about him in the New York Times, and Lois reflected on his friend again and his earnest, heartfelt pickles. And he said, but for John, the food was always the way through something. It was always about the people who made it, their relationship to it, and their relationship to each other. Then Kim continues in her article, and this is a quote. Friends who said Mr. Edgerton had a penchant for tilting at windmills just shook their heads. I was one. In the end, the Pickle Project raised $10,000. John had a heart attack November 21st, 2013 at his home in Nashville. Typical of John, he went to his closet, pulled out one of his plaid button-down shirts and his signature sweater vest, put them on, and went outside and sat on the front steps to wait for the ambulance. He never made it to the hospital. Those of us who knew and loved John, and there are legions of us, gathered in the downtown public library in Nashville for his memorial service. John has spent countless hours there researching for his writing, and he was a great lover of books and libraries. So it was the perfect place to honor him. At the end of the memorial service, lovingly put together by his sons Brooks and March and his wife Anne, we all filed out of the lecture space into a large open reading room. And if you've ever been in this building, it's beautiful. Floor to ceiling windows opening up onto the majestic state capitol and its grounds. In that room, Nashville chefs were making fried bologna sandwiches <laughs> and ham biscuits. We all made our way through the line and found seats at the long reading room table. It wasn't until then, looking across the table, looking around the room, that we all realized we had been joined by a hundred or so homeless <coughs> Nashvillians who had come to the public library that blustery November day to get warm. They happily joined into the conversation and the food, wondering what in the world was going on that free food was being served in the reading room to all these folks. So we told them about John. John would have been pleased as punch. In fact, I'm pretty sure he was pleased as punch. So it is in this spirit that we welcome you to this first annual John Edgerton Cornbread Convocation. It was important to us that this meal be open to everyone and anyone and that it feed whoever showed up at our table in the spirit of John's generosity. So we invite you to join in the conversation with old friends and new friends. Uh, I'm glad that you all have enjoyed this wonderful meal from Chef Edley and, and Chef Travis Milton, who we're going to talk in a minute. Um, the beans on the table, please take them home. So take them home and make this meal often for yourselves, for your families, and for your friends, and maybe for people you don't really know very well. You can do it just for the heck of it, or you can do it as a Donate What You Can fundraiser for the Appalachian Food Summit. The important thing is, just do it. Just have this meal and share it. So, now I get to introduce Robert.
Robert was born in North Carolina and was raised in Kingsport, Tennessee, a child of the Tennessee Eastman Company, PAL's Sudden Service, and the voice of the balls, John Ward. His dad was a warehouse supervisor and his mom a registered nurse. He went to college at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where he was a DJ for a student radio station that he helped start. He went to graduate school at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and got a master's in American Studies. He worked as a pickle packer, a forklift driver, and eventually landed a job as marketing and educational services director for Apple Shop in Whitesburg, Kentucky. At Apple Shop, he worked with public school teachers on arts and education projects. Since 1997, he's been the director of the Appalachian Program at Southeast Kentucky Community and Technical College in Cumberland, Kentucky. He's one of the producers of Higher Ground, a series of community musical dramas based on oral histories and grounded in the discussion of local issues. He's also a faculty coordinator of the Crawdad Student <laughs> Arts Series. He's had fiction published in Appalachian Heritage, and he has attended the Appalachian Writers Workshop in Heinemann every year since 2006. And if you have not read Robert's book, Trampoline, you should go get it tomorrow. It's like one of the best things ever. coming out in 2018. That's a long time from now, but we'll look forward to it. So, Robert. Which is bad. I mean, I don't like to talk when people are eating, and Lord knows my mother made me put a book away at the table uh, many times, and uh, I'm glad she's not. I'm, my mother passed away in April, and I almost said I'm glad she's not here, but uh, she, uh, I remember one time uh, Christmas week, she wasn't much of a cook, my mother. Uh, she would have enjoyed this, but uh, we went to Pals a lot. Uh, they used to give you a free sauce burger every time you got a one on your report card, which was important to me. Uh, anyway, they, uh, so I, uh, I worked in a pickle factory, that's right. Uh, and it seems like it should be mentioned um, since uh, John Edgerton did so much good work with pickles and uh, the man you're going to hear about that was in on the supper he's wrote a book about pickles and and I can pack 840 jars of pickles in an eight hour shift. Uh, that's documented. In fact, when I was going to get a job for the first time out of college, I went to the library because we didn't have the internet. And, uh, and I got a book out on how to write a resume. And it said you should put quantifiable stuff in your resume. <laughs> And I was an English major, and so I'd never done anything quantified. <laughs> uh, so I put on my resume that I could pack 840 jars <laughs> in an eight-hour period. What I didn't put on my resume was that, um, see, I was working at this place where they paid you by the hour based on your rate of production over the span of a week. 
So basically what that meant was like if you packed as hard as you could all day long, all week, you get paid like ten or fifteen dollars an hour. And this Ooh. was in nineteen eighty seven dollars. <laughs> and so that is a nice chunk of change. And so you supposed to the thing about our pickle place was is that they were spears and the seeds were all out. So that the uh, discriminating pickle shopper <laughs> could gauge the freshness of the spears, so you didn't buy any gray, slimy spears, <laughs> and so they couldn't figure out how to get a machine to do that. Although all summer long, people would uh, stand there and watch us pack pickles and try and figure out how to um, replace us. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm glad they weren't there the day that uh, we were supposed to wear gloves. <laughs> and, uh, but you couldn't pack fast with gloves on. So, uh, so me, and you'd get you a partner and you'd have a stainless steel tray of pickles and of spears. They would, that was their thing too. You'd pack the day they were picked. And so they'd put those pickles in the brine and then they'd bring a big old fishnet over and lay them out in your tray and you'd just go to packing. And the way it worked was seed out, seed out, seed out, seed out, grab a handful, boom, pop, and then you'd put them up on the counter and when you got 12, a checker would come around and pop your car, put a hole in your car. And so, um, so we were chugging along and I had a hangnail <laughs> about as long as a fishing worm so I had a, a band-aid over it <laughs> so, uh, I know right like, so pop 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 middle chunk and I look up and my band-aid ain't on and so I get in my tray and looking around for it and it ain't there and I get down on the floor looking for it and it ain't there so there's really only one place it could have gone right? so that was in a jar and so uh, they hated to stop that line boy they hated it and I said I called my checker over I said buddy I, um, I think I sent a band-aid through the line and she goes it's and remember, this would have been during the period where no American president had yet said the word AIDS, right? This was when we were back in that 87 or whatever. And she, uh, she said, it don't matter. They, uh, they pasteurize them. They get to y'all. So uh, they didn't make me, anyway. So. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.